It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? If you're not behind Mark Davis after this, and you don't think that Mark Davis has the mind to go all in, now you have to look at the situation differently and what he's doing for you as a fan base to give you hope to win. JT the Brick. That's his job. He's the owner of the team. He's got to have an opportunity to win championships. Mark's told me a hundred times in private settings what a Super Bowl would mean to him personally. And it means more to the fan base for him than it does to him. So Mark went all in. Just win, baby. That's what they got to do. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Yes, I am in the building of the Silver and Black, and there's a lot going on as the Raiders are getting ready to pare down their roster from 80 to 53. And that's kind of the focus here for the next couple of days here as we come off Alumni Weekend. Wow, what a whirlwind that was. One of the best weekends I've had in my career with the Raiders. A lot of cool stuff, good stories to tell. And we'll recap the perfect season of the preseason. If that means something to you, it should. If you're a season ticket holder, you went to the two preseason games or you went to Canton, You probably had a pretty good time with all of that. So we got a lot to get to here. And I don't need you to step up for about another week and a half. So I'm just going to tell you, we do summertime radio. I told you about the summer cliff. We knocked that out of the park because of you. Preseason, I told you I don't go crazy until the cuts are made because I don't want to waste hours and hours of my brain cells talking about guys who aren't going to make the team, as I told you in the past. So all of that. Uh, when you want to call in, call in. we got great guests, I think, lined up over the next week. It's an NFL bye week for fans, not the team. They're working. They're, they're probably as busy as they're going to be getting this, these cuts ready and finding out who's going to be here. But for fans, it truly is the calm before the storm. They give you a full week off before they start the regular season a week from this Thursday. So a week from this Thursday when we look at the start of the season and what it's going to mean for the Buffalo Bills and the Bills opening up in a big game at the Rams, that's when the season kicks off. And we don't come up for air until after that. So we're sitting here August 29th, and we'll get ready for these games coming up and what it's going to mean September 8th when the season kicks off. So from here on out, enjoy the rest of the summer. Listen to Raider Nation Radio when the cuts are made. We'll react to it first from our morning show all the way through to Q, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. And I got a lot to talk about, and I am fired up. I didn't think anything could cop top Cliff Branch for me. The, the Canton, Ohio, Cliff Branch, Diana Ross thing was absolutely incredible. And then the Raiders back it up in the same month with Alumni Weekend. They break any record that has ever been out there on the most alumni, most people ever on a football field. That's fact, not fiction. That might not mean a lot to you. It means a lot to me and the organization. The fact that there was over, I, don't, I can't get a firm number. It was either 240 up to 300. You know, if you don't count the, the, the dates and the wives and the significant others, there was many more that were in the Winfield Club and at all these private events that we went to. But what the Raiders did in that preseason game was remarkable. And let me explain to you why. I tape preseason games, but not all of them. So I'm taping preseason games. I'm watching NFL Network like you are to look for some highlights, who's playing, what's going on. Most of the stadiums are empty. They are. Like the Giants in the Jet game, that's a big deal. That's a traditional game that's been going on for a while. Place is half empty. I had a buddy who was there. The whole upper deck, you know, spots, you know, giant sections open. If you looked at the game and you were there Friday night, When we brought those players out for halftime, the upper deck was packed. 
And people asking me, well, why so many fans for a preseason game? And I tell people I know, I go, these tickets are not cheap. And if people are not going to go to the game, they make sure they give the tickets to someone who's going to go. If you're paying two, 300 bucks for a ticket and you don't go, you're not going to give it to anybody. That's a big hit unless you're, you got all the money and you don't care. That's a big, big hit. So people are in the seats. And that game was electric. So the Raiders not only won the game, but halftime having the alumni out on the field, we had the three Super Bowl MVPs, Marcus Allen, Jim Plunkett, and the great Fred Bolitnikoff, plus a lot of players from the 60s. And we just know that we'll never see that again. It was just too many elderly players. And the fact that they got them there and put them in that building and put them in the Winfield Club, got them on the field, You'll never see that again. You'll see events like that when the Raiders will bring back the alumni, but some of those gentlemen, obviously, who are up there in age, you know, to have them there for this experience was breathtaking. And to be behind the scenes and see the interaction of the players from the 60s and 70s with the guys from 2015 and the mid-1990s and how that brotherhood, that brotherhood is pretty serious. I'll tell you, it's great. And then the Raiders put on an unbelievable event. Saturday night, they had the first preview of their great documentary series that will come out down the road, and you'll hear about a Raiders life in a giant theater, the Chelsea Theater, where we got a chance to show the alumni that movie, which was incredible. Congratulations to the whole team behind the scenes that put that together as they debuted episode one, which isn't done yet. But they let the alumni see the direction that they're going in. I had a chance to inter- in, uh, introduce the owner, Mark Davis, and he was just fantastic introducing what the alumni mean to him. And then they opened up and bought out Marquee Nightclub outside, inside for a party for their alumni, which was really the wrap-up of the entire weekend. So bravo to Mark Davis, the entire alumni department, and everybody for doing what they did, which is groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking in sports. The Yankees, who retire numbers and have old-timers day, don't have 240 guys back. Jerry Jones, probably the biggest franchise, highest net worth in the NFL, does not do this. Even Ring of Honor ceremonies, he might get 30 players to come back or 40. For Mark Davis to say, bring them all, if you played for the team, you're invited, it really was amazing. And the turnouts by the Gold Jackets, the Hall of Famers, and the other legends, and just guys who played one season. Or maybe two seasons that are all part of this was really special. So uh, an honor to be a part of it and help out a little bit with some MC work. And if you were at the game, if you saw all this, if you watched the final preseason game live, what do you think? It's an important question from me to you about how the Raiders are putting on these big events. Do you, does it feel that big to you when you're in your seat? Because it feels big to me because other teams don't do it. And that might not you know, mean anything to you. It means a lot to me because I like to tell everybody outside on my national show, on this show, hey man, the Raiders do everything bigger and better. They do everything bigger and better. And this was an example of this. This was alumni weekend on steroids coming off Cliff Branch and his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which was the only time I remember in NFL history, Cliff broke the record and Cliff's not even alive. Cliff Branch broke the record for most former teammates to show up at an induction. More than John Elway, Jim Kelly, Brett Favre, all of them, Peyton Manning, and that was Cliff. So what this organization was able to do in a matter of a month was incredible, was incredible, and they do it for the fans. They do it for the fans 
so all the fans can enjoy this. So my wife and I, we came home on Sunday, and we got to back to the house, and we sat there in my backyard, and I'm like, wow, what'd you think? And she's like, man, she's been lucky to come to these alumni weekends up in Napa and all that, which we greatly miss going to Napa for those alumni weekends. They were great, but this one was just off the charts, what this organization did for these players and how these players appreciated it. You know, I don't want to get too emotional here, but Pete Banizak became a really good friend of mine because for the years he lived in St. Augustine, Florida, where my in-laws live. So every year I'd go back, of course, to see my wife's family, and I'd get together with Pete Banizak and his wife Sue, and me and Pete, when he was healthier, would play golf, and then we'd go to the clubhouse and the wives would come, we'd have a dinner. I'd bring my sons when they were six, seven years old, and they'd be hanging out with Pete Banizak. They didn't know who he was, who he was, until they got older. And Pete showed up, and he was walking with a cane, and he was getting around. But to watch Fred Bolitnikoff talk to Pete Vanizak, they were roommates for 11 years. This is Carr's ninth season. Freddie and Pete were roommates for 11 seasons, right? These are not only friends. I'm talking best friends in life. Also, a shout-out to Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon, a really important piece in this alumni base because he was the last quarterback, the MVP, of the Raiders' best years. You know, it's been lean. It's been lean for a long time. Raiders just got back to the playoffs. There were a lot of 500 seasons or less, and Gannon was there on the broadcast with Matt Millen and Beth Mowens. Gannon was at every event. Gannon was right there. And then, you know, to name drop, Marcus Allen. And let me give you a nice compliment about Marcus, too. Marcus is beyond a legend. Like, he's at the highest level of the Hall of Fame. He's that respected. And Marcus played with a lot of guys with the Raiders for the years he was here before he went to Kansas City. And he doesn't big-time anybody because that's not who he is. He's just down-to-earth, and he's hanging out with all of his teammates, dropping jokes, having fun, so down-to-earth. The great Tim Brown. Then you see Ted Hendricks in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair, sitting down next to Mrs. Davis, Mark's mom, and to just see all that, and then Phil Villapiano walks up, or Jim Plunkett walks up with his wife. Man, this is so cool. They get it. And there's so many teams that don't. They don't you don't have to have the history of the Raiders. You don't have to. There's teams that have won more Super Bowls and have a better overall record than the Raiders. But no one does this at the level of the Raiders. So if you were able to bump into some of the legends or get a chance to see that, I wanted to share that with you in the opening here because it's a big deal. And Mark Davis has the Aces. They lost their game. So the Aces now, that was coming up on Sunday. So I know some alumni went and some family members went to the game there. Something we'll touch on. I went to UNLV football. Uh, thanks to my buddy Joe Harrow and my buddy Todd and Steve Stallworth. So I went to the Rebel game. That took a lot to get going after that late night and walk over, walk over the Hacienda Bridge to go see the Rebels dominate for Marcus Arroyo, the head coach. That was really cool. You had the Killers in concert here and just so much in Vegas. So Vegas, again, has won. And if you were, if, today, I hope you noticed this. Did you get the text message yet that they are taking, they are taking uh, your early reservations to get on the list for F1? So if you got a chance, sign up for that because that's going to be the biggest event other than the Super Bowl. Other than the Raiders, if they get to the Super Bowl, is F1. So that was announced today, and I signed up for that because no one could miss that. If if you're a resident of Vegas, there's going to be no comps. 
Okay, that's not going to be the event you go, hey, man, hey, buddy, you got a ticket for me for F1? No, 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 no. Those are good. That's, you think of football tickets expensive. F1, don't, don't wait for your favorite liquor distributor or your friend who's got money in your neighborhood to toss you an F1 ticket. Doesn't exist. It'll be the toughest ticket in Vegas history, arguably since Mayweather McGregor. So I just wanted to give you a heads up if you want to sign up for that. Look for that in your email box or, or just search it because we were able to do that today. So I haven't even gotten to the highlights of the game, the sound bites from Josh McDaniels. We'll do that a little bit later on in the show, but we're ready to go. Black Hole Cisco, who I saw a bunch this weekend, the president of the Vegas chapter of the Black Hole, start us off. Oh, man, JT, what a weekend, huh? It, man, just seeing all the guys together, man, just the smiles on their faces. I mean, they were just as happy to see Raider Nation as we were happy to see them, man. I mean, had a great conversation with Morris, Morris Bradshaw and Romo, and man, it just—I mean, I could go on all day, all all day talking about you know who I spoke to and who who was saying what. But man, just a great weekend, and I, you know, I was happy to see them. But it was just even more so, like I said, to see them happy to see us, and just happy to be there, and just talking about how Mark is really taking the control of this thing and turning it around. And they all, I, all of them mentioned there's 300 of us here. You know, they were just so exciting, man. And it was just a great, great time. And again, man, hats off to, to Mark for putting all this stuff together, you know, from the 60th anniversary for the Raiderettes to the reunion of, of the alumni, man. It was just a great, great weekend. And it was good. Always good to see you too, JT. Oh, it was good to see you and the guys you had with you and all of our friends together at, at other events, Cisco. It's just, it's a preseason game. Normally, there's not a lot to talk about preseason with any organization, but for the Raiders to play well, clean up the penalties in the preseason, there's a lot of talk about who's going to be here or not, but to mix in the alumni like that and showcase them, it's just, it's a special time now. Now the Raiders got to put all these massive events behind them and savor those memories and go out and win some football games. You got it. Definitely, definitely. Looking forward to it. And, uh, Talk to you. Get the season going. All right, you got it, buddy. Good Take care. There's Cisco. You got it, buddy. The president of the Vegas Black Hole. And you'll see them in J-Lot, where I will be for the first game, to get the tailgate on. And everybody should get excited about that. That's coming up. It's not coming up sooner than later. We got time. We got time. That's why I'm not screaming sense of urgency. Get in here and all that. This is going to be a time to take a step back and now watch what Dave Ziegler does. Spent some quality time with Dave Ziegler Saturday night at these Raider events and his wife, and he is a class act, and he is not coming up for air. He's barely sleeping. He's trying to put this roster together. I'll get into the roster and what needs to happen. I have no information. I'm in the building today. No one has any information. This is the former Patriots way here, I repeat. No beat writer. Nobody knows. They might have an understanding. And the big story behind Alex Leatherwood, which we'll talk about. I, I, I've, I've evolved on this topic. I, I told you there's been a couple of players that aren't there that were on my original in 53. And that would include Demarcus Robinson and Kenyon Drake. I had those two guys on my final 53. They're not there. I had Alex Leatherwood on my final 53. I don't have them there anymore. I don't. I, I think that Alex Leatherwood, who I've been rooting for really hard, I don't know if he's going to make the team or not, but from his preparation and his play, it doesn't look like he's going to. That's just my opinion. He's been given every opportunity to play. 
I'm shocked that Alex Leatherwood played this poorly in the preseason. I'm absolutely shocked because I've been pulling for him. I know I told you the night I was hosting the draft that was too high of a pick for him or too low of a pick at 17 overall. But I thought Alex Leatherwood was a late first-round pick, second-round pick. You know, that guy wasn't going to go in the third round, the Outland Trophy winner. So someone was going to take him in the 30s or the high 20s. The Raiders reached. Mike Mayock reached on him, and that happens. It's, it's been known to happen before by other GMs. And then Alex Leatherwood had an offseason to prepare. I, I thought he did. Looked to be in shape. Looked to be ready to go. And Leatherwood has been completely exposed in the preseason. Now, that includes practice probably, too, but we're not out here for every practice. That includes what we've seen in the preseason game, facing players who aren't going to even make teams. So if Alex makes the team, good for him, and, you know, pull for him. You want him to do that, and maybe you move him to right guard or you let him sit, and you keep developing, developing him. But being around this organization with the new gentlemen who are running it, it just seems like everybody will move on. Everybody will move on no matter what happens because these are not their guys. And if they're not playing really well and another backup can outbeat a starter who was drafted in the first or second round, those guys aren't going to be here. So we're going to wait to see what happens with Leatherwood officially. To his credit, he has handled this well because in all my years of doing this, 20-plus years, I don't recall a player being talked about as much as him in the preseason. I mean, he is getting sliced up on radio and in columns nationally and locally because, you know, it's rare to let go of a first-round pick in the second year. But we'll see what Dave Ziegler decides to do with it. We'll see what happens here over the next couple of days here as this roster gets pared down to 53. 702-365-9200, NorCal Raider starting us off on the flagship. What's happening? Hey, JT, how you doing? Doing well. Um, I agree with you uh, in regards to like the Raider alumni and the tradition. Um, um, I grew up here in Northern California, and um, there was a there was a player that lived in this area in the rural area up here up north, and he would always go through and um, he would go to the drive thru when I worked in fast food, and he would always show us his ring, his uh, mm-hmm. 1983 uh, ring, and then he'd always sign our ball caps, and um, and um, he was really humble. I just don't recall the name because that's beyond mm-hmm. my era. I'm more of a 90s guy, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, but yeah, just 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 overall the the things that the Raiders do, like the stuff that people don't really know us. Myself, I'm from Northern California, um, Bay Area. There's um, they used to have the thing at Southland Mall. They had the Toys for Tots, and you'd go mm-hmm. over there. And I met Marcel Reese, and he took a picture with my little girl and Darren McFadden, and it was like the best thing ever for me. And I, and I have mm-hmm. his autograph, and I have it. Um, I have it up in my garage with a label, and you know, covered up, and it, it means the world to me. Just overall, just the 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 character of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of people they incorporate, it just, it just keeps happening. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. Appreciate the call. You know what they're doing. Not everybody picks up on it. Some people care more about other things, but I care a lot about this. Just to be included and to be behind the scenes and to see all this, you know, introducing Fred Bolitnikoff on the 50-yard line in front of 50,000 people, that's a bucket list for me. I don't get that opportunity if the team doesn't give it to me. And that was a high honor for me. High honor for me in my career. I was able to do it in Oakland once with Tom Flores on the 30th anniversary of the Super Bowl 15 team. But to do this with the size of that crowd in Vegas and the magnitude of how many guys were behind me and behind those Super Bowl MVPs, as Marcus Allen you know, was supposed to get and tried to get everybody to sing along to the autumn win, that was pretty cool. 
That was cool. And when I walked off the field and back into the Winfield Club and sat there, I was humbled by it just to see all those guys come back into the Win Club, hugging each other, you know, really telling good stories and enjoying it. Because, again, you will never get that same group ever, ever again on the field together. Never. It's just not going to happen. Some will pass away. Some won't be able to do it. So the fact that they were able to thread that needle and make it happen, the alumni department and everybody here, was really special. And people care about that around here. They care about this around here. They don't care about that in Cincinnati. They don't do it like this in New Orleans. You know, some Dallas and New England does. If you go into New England's Hall of Fame, the New England Patriot Hall of Fame, it doesn't have the depth of the history of the Raiders. So the Raiders, this is one thing that they do to perfection, is treat the alumni great because Mark Davis believes it's the greatest asset of the team. Once you played for this team, you're hooked up for life. And that's because of Mr. Davis, Mrs. Davis, and now Mark. And Mark really cares about that, and he stays on top of it. Passionate Raider coming off the weekend on the Raiders' flagship station. What's happening? Good afternoon, JT. Man, it's been a blessing, man, just sitting back these past four preseason games, man, and just really sitting back and watching a team that has gone out there and that has looked like a professional football team. You know, preseason is preseason, but it just goes to show how Josh has come in and took control of this team and how everybody is buying in, man. They're all playing their positions. These rookies web. Uh, the, 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 the rookie outside linebacker, what's his name, uh, Wilk, um, yeah. the, the rookie they got. I mean, these guys are out there playing ball, JT, man. I watched the game again over from just this past weekend against the Patriots, man, and, and this team really looks like that we're on the rise up, man. I'm just so anxious to see how our first team is mm-hmm. going to come out there and how we're going to look because if our second, third-string quarterback, they're playing and hitting receivers like they were, this offense is going to be really exciting to watch this year, JT Ben. And, yep. and, and just the, the humbleness of just listening to everything, it, 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 it's a blessing because, you know, I'm way over here in Illinois, but you guys make it able for, a, for a, a diehard, lifelong Raider fan like me to still feel a little bit of the experience of what's going on since you guys have moved to Vegas, man. And this team, JT, mm. I love it with my whole heart, man. I love this organization. This has been the season ain't started yet, but from the three years we've been here in Vegas to where we're at right now, this is the best feeling as a Raiders fan I've ever had in my life, JT. Let's get ready to suit them up and handle business this year, boys. Because Raider Nation, we're feeling it, JT. We're fired up. Brilliant, boys. Let's go Raiders! The Raiders cleaned up their penalties in the preseason, and the Raiders are really buttoned up here. They went 4-0, which means something to Josh McDaniels. It means something to Jim Harbaugh. They've won 23 in a row, 23 in a row, and that's a Super Bowl coach. Josh McDaniels has won six Super Bowls as a coordinator. So when you look at all this, the Raiders wanted to play clean football and be healthy. Now the question becomes, how crisp will they be? And I use that word crisp. We don't know in week one because the starters didn't play. Derek Carr, Devontae, they looked incredible in practice, amazing in practice, especially in the joint practices with the New England Patriots. How will they look in Los Angeles? Don't know what's going to happen. Raiders got to turn the ball over. They got to play a clean game. But that was preached by Josh McDaniels in the entire preseason. Do your job. Don't turn the ball over. 
and don't jump off sides and don't make dumb mistakes. We've said this for decades with this team. The refs always seem to throw more flags against the Raiders. The Raiders lead the league in penalty most of the time. The Raiders have issues. They're dead last when it comes to red zone defense. You go, dead last? That's, that's impossible for a 10-win team that went to the playoffs. they got to improve their red zone offense, which we think they're going to be able to do. All of that comes together against the Chargers on September 11. How they'll look? Will they start fast? Will they start slow? We don't know. But at least we know they're in a really good place because everything they did in the preseason, there was a reason behind it. Everything they did in the preseason, there was a reason behind what they were doing. And the big thing that I wanted to mention today is, you know, I got a chart here of the quarterbacks who have played, the quarterbacks who didn't play, including Derek Carr. Their goal was to clean up the organization on the field with penalties and all that. Mission accomplished. Their goal was to win all the games. Mission accomplished. But the biggest one was they wanted to protect the superstars, the starters. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, which is an interesting story here. It's go time for Darren. It's go time. It is go time for Waller. Waller's under contract. He's an unbelievable player. He's a better human being. Everything He fired his agent. And now it's go time because this team needs Darren Waller on the field at a very high level. Very high level. Not Darren Waller on the field at 80, 70, 60%. At 99% coming in kicking ass. That's another topic we're going to keep an eye on here from the insiders on the availability of Waller going forward. Everybody says things are cool. I'm good with that. Now it's go time for Darren Waller, who is a top player in this league, and he's a really important cog in what the Raiders want to do. He needs to be out there to be double teamed and make plays throughout the double team. He needs to be in a situation where he can make plays and he is healthy. So that's something we're going to be tracking here, and no doubt about it, no doubt about it in my mind, this team is healthier than you can imagine going into games. The guys like Brandon Parker who aren't going to be here on the IR, that's unfortunate. A couple of guys got banged up or nicked up. But they were able to bubble wrap the guys like they were a high-end Lamborghini coming out of the shop, bubble wrapped with security wrapped around them so they didn't have to play. They practiced hard. They didn't have to play in the games. And there were a lot of games. Most games, you know, they had the extra game in Canton. Now it's go time. And I think the trainers, the players, the doctors, the coaches, the staff, everybody has these guys ready to roll. 702-365-9200. We are brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. The best happy hour in town. Good place to go watch the Aces in no doubt close to a must-win situation after dropping to the storm and what happened in their first game. If you're going to go watch, go on out to PTs, hit it right during happy hour, have a great time, and root on the hometown team. When we come back, more of your phone calls at 702-365-9200 on your experience over Alumni Weekend, whatever you want. And then secondly, how was Tom Brady voted the number one player in the NFL? The Rams aren't happy about this. The Rams are pissed off. And I agree with the Rams on the players who should have been multiple players selected over Brady. We'll get to that coming up.
Yeah, Alex played a lot of football. Um, you know, it was basically out there every day and, uh, you know, durable. And, you know, and and look, like I said, you know, earlier on the call that, you know, our offensive line as a whole, there's there's definitely some some good things, some things we've made progress on. And there's definitely some areas where we can we could probably do better and improve. And, um, you know, that's that's what this time of the year is for. And so uh, Alex took a lot of reps. Uh, he's played a lot of football for us. I think he knows our system a lot more now than he did, um, you know, in April. And that that's true for every offensive player uh, on our team. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, like I said, we're going to use the next few days here to sort it out. But uh, certainly he's in the mix in all those conversations. Uh, we feel like we do have some quality there. So, um, you know, having tough decisions to make because you feel like you got a lot of guys competing for them uh, is a good problem to have. Head coach Josh McDaniels, we are brought to you by Resorts World, home of my Monday night football show at Doghouse. Right there, the interactive, fun, country music bar, karaoke bar, NFL bar, right connected to the sports book inside Resorts World there. So there's coach talking about Leatherwood before the game. I think he had another bad game or an average game at best against players who aren't going to make the roster on the New England Patriots. So and Josh McDaniels tells you what you need to know. And what he needs to know is what he said. These guys played a lot. Alex Leatherwood played a hell of a lot of football at Alabama, played a lot in his rookie year with the Raiders, was available, played a lot in the preseason. So there's plenty of tape. All the tape is there, and I think most of it isn't good when it comes to the games, but I'm not breaking down film at practice every day when maybe he did some things that we're not aware about. Uh, So will he be there coming up? I I don't think so. I would have said a week ago, yeah. A week ago, I would have thought he would have been there. Uh, This week, I say no, but I'm not a coach. We'll see how this plays out. What do you think about roster projections? And if you went to Alumni Weekend, if you went to the game, give us your grade on the preseason as a fan. This is important. We're in the building today. They listen in the building. What is your grade overall for the team and the experience of going to the Raider games and what those preseason games are about? I think these preseason games are pretty special. 500 Raiderettes. 500? Come on. And then 240-plus alumni on the field, plus all the music, all the pomp, all the tailgates, all the fun. I I thought it was a really cool time. I didn't watch a play in the first half because they had me down in the Winfield Club getting ready for halftime. And I went back and watched the game yesterday. I thought the Raiders, they do what they do in the preseason. They start fast. They play a very clean game. And they put themselves in a position to win. And as Josh McDaniels has said throughout preseason, you got to learn not to lose. And that's something that John Gruden cared about too. Act like winners. Win games. Come down to the wire. And last year the Raiders won all those walk-off games, all those late games, and Vegas doesn't believe that they can do it again. The Vegas bookmakers don't believe that the Raiders can do that again, which is a term we use, threading the needle. All the last-second Carlson wins. All the big wins that happen in overtime, all of that, Vegas believes that's going to switch or even itself out. So the Raiders would lose an overtime game. The Raiders would miss a field goal on the last play to not win. That's the way Vegas thinks. They, they, they look at the numbers, the algorithms, and they say, man, they did all this last year. They're playing a second-place schedule. It's pretty brutal, and that's why the number's still at 8.5. 8.5 on the season win total. Now, if you look at the performance of the Chargers in the preseason, they haven't looked good at all. But Justin Herbert's not out there. A lot of their starters aren't playing. But they don't look like they're in rhythm at all. And the same can be said about Denver. 
And Denver doesn't look great in the preseason. The Raiders look great in the preseason. But you got to bring yourself down a notch. I talked to one of the alumni over at Marquee on Saturday night about the start, and he said, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the record was in preseason. It doesn't matter. Because all that matters is the regular season. That's the way some people think. But remember, this is a coaching staff and a GM that's putting in a new system and a new culture, and I think they got to be pretty excited about that. All right, a couple of highlights from the game. As we take a look at what the Raiders were able to do, making some of the plays that were important, Masterson at linebacker played well in the preseason, really put himself in a position to make the team, being in the right place at the right time, this is an interception. Jones play action, rolling to his right, points down the field, throwing and intercepted, Masterson at the 40, cross midfield, Masterson at the 40, 35 and dragged from behind. Luke Masterson, one of those players trying to make the roster with a big defensive stop. And he's got the Raiders set up in Patriots territory. 5.02 to go in the quarter. That is a fantastic call. That is an A-list play-by-play call from Jason Horowitz. Gave you down and distance, how much time is left, the interception when it happened. That was absolutely fantastic. Great call. First time I heard it, and it sounds fantastic. Congratulations to him. We move on to some of the highlights. Zeus on the ground out of Georgia, the rookie running back who the Raiders are really going to lean on. Tight to the line on the right next to Illuminor. Sit him under center. Snap. Pitches to the left. Samir White at the 10. Has the 5. Racing to the pylon. TDLB. Raiders in the end zone. They capitalize on the Masterson interception. White with his second touchdown of the preseason. And the Raiders go in front of the Patriots. 9-0 deep in the first. Yeah, I was 10-0 after the extra point after Carlson hit the first field goal to go up 3-0 here. So right there, the Raiders have a 10-0 lead to start the game, which is fantastic for them. Another game where they got off to a really good start. Now, we talked about players playing different positions. Well, how about a player on offense playing defense in a big play? Here's another pick. Zappi, back to throw, sidearms. Right into the arms of Zuber at the 45, racing down the far sideline and steps out of bounds. The wide receiver just back there hanging out. Uh, Eric Allen loved that, my partner on the pregame. That's all he wants is the guys to catch the ball when they're thrown at him. Zuber was able to do that, playing out of position and doing a nice job because, look, certain guys didn't play. They weren't going to play. Certain guys in the defensive backfield this close to the start of the regular season, and he stepped up and made a play. That was really fun. That was a great moment. Listen to the crowd, how engaged the crowd was with that call. Here's the final call as the Raiders go 4-0 in the preseason. Josh McDaniels, a large handshake for Bill Belichick and a slap on the back. A big hug across the field with Matt Patricia as well. The clocks are at zero, and the Raiders are going to walk back to the locker room undefeated in preseason play for the first time in franchise history. Whoa! Compass Media, Jason Horowitz on the call with Lincoln Kennedy. First time ever. Well, they got the zero game, the extra game in Canton, Ohio. And they go 4-0 in the preseason. So that's inter- what's happening around here, very interesting. You might not take the preseason seriously. They do. And they went undefeated against some good teams here, some big-name teams, some former playoff teams here. So we'll see how it plays out. Excited for that. It really was a long, long, long preseason. And I think the Raiders won the preseason. They did. They won the preseason but it's the preseason. Now go win in the regular season. After the game, Coach McDaniels on his opening statement also mentioning all the alumni who were in-house. 
I would be remiss if I didn't mention how cool it was to have the alumni here. Um, you know, over 300 guys, you know, that obviously built um, much of what we're trying to uphold today relative to the tradition and history that this organization uh, exudes. And um, just to see all those guys back, I got a chance to speak to a few of them uh, today before the, before the game. Um, just a, you know, a, a great tribute to a great group of people that um, obviously are so deserving of the attention and recognition that they have um, and that they get from Raider Nation and in our organization. So that was great. That's a really cool comment from him because Josh McDaniels being a part of the Patriots, they brought alumni back. You know, they brought guys back who were really good players. Willie McGinnis, Drew Bledsoe. Go back to John Hanna, the legends before that they've always paid tribute to back there, either with videos or what they were doing at halftime. Teddy Bruschi, one of my favorite players of all time. I think Teddy Bruschi should be in the Hall of Fame for the amount of playoff games he played. Just playoff games he played where he made a big play. And those guys come back, but not at the level of the Raiders. The Raiders do it bigger and better than everybody else, and it's really nice to coach who's able to see that and be so genuine about it. Now, both teams had a good week of practice together, the joint practices and into the game. Josh McDaniels appreciated the Patriots being here. I wanted to credit uh, the, the two teams this week for all the time that we spent together. Um, you know, I really think we got a lot out of it. Uh, I think we demonstrated the right way to do it. Um, they obviously have a tremendous rem- amount of respect for them, the way they went about their business. Um, I think both teams got a lot better this week. We found out a lot of things about ourselves, and that was what the point of it was, and then come out and then competed again tonight. So um, good week all around. Um, you know, certainly plenty to learn from tonight, but excited about the things that we were able to do. Yep, and they, they did a lot of good things here in the preseason. Taking your calls on the grades of the preseason ahead of cuts, 702-365-9200. More from Coach McDaniels about the growth of the team. There's a new team he takes over, bringing in some of his coaches, some of his guys come on over, and he starts drafting players with Dave Ziegler, and other players are still here. Here's what he thinks about the whole experience of a long preseason. It's been, I've been really excited to see the growth of our team. Um, you know, it's a, it's obviously a, a blessing for me to have this opportunity. And, you know, the, the, the locker room and the way they respond to one another, you saw a lot of energy out there tonight. Um, that's how they've practiced for us. That's how they've played. Our coaching staff has done a tremendous job. Um, Dave's done a tremendous job of putting this group of people together. Um, and you know this. You know our goal has been to try to learn how to finish games and win. And these opportunities are you only have so many of them. So um, proud of our team that we were able to win four games. Uh, I know what they what they are. They're exhibition games, but they still they still matter in terms of the way you try to compete and play. So um, you know, again, I'm pleased with our effort, and now I'm excited to to get on to the regular season. Yeah, that means something to them. You could tell they want to compete and win. Again, I keep using. John Harbaugh is the best example. They don't lose. They just don't lose in Baltimore. 23 in a row, that's almost impossible to do. New England had three turnovers in the game. The Raiders, none. And the first downs, Raiders 14-12 to 12 over New England. Uh, total yards, Raiders just by a few, 281 to 273. But if you look at the stats that matter the most, penalties and turnovers, it's been good for the Raiders. I love interceptions because we don't see many of them around here. Maybe that changes now. Maybe this is the season that the interceptions are going to come. So guys like Eric Allen and Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes can sit back and enjoy the games. They want to see more picks. 
Now the cuts come, and Josh McDaniels knows how competitive it's been the entire preseason and how difficult these decisions will be. No question. Um, you know, and, and I, I would rephrase that and, you know, not looking to cut anybody because, like I said before, you'd love to keep all of them. Um, the effort and the attitude and the work that they've all put in, um, I just, you know, I'm so appreciative of that. Um, our staff has done a tremendous job of developing these guys, and, um, you know, we're going to keep as many as we can. That's what we're going to do. So, um, you know, like I said, those are tough, tough decisions, tough conversations. Um, you know, our players understand that, but, uh, you know, there's, there's no, they, they didn't lack for effort uh, or, or execution, and, and they're, they're trying to do everything they can to help us and help themselves at the same time, and I thought our group did that for the most part. Yeah, they did. They did do that. The group has done everything the coach asked them to do. They really have done a nice job around here. Being in the building today, you can sense that everybody feels complete with the preseason. Now they're huddling together with the scouts and the coaches and trying to figure out what's going to happen. And Dave Ziegler, I'm very confident from getting to know Dave that Dave takes this super, super seriously, like all GMs should. But he's not a swing and miss guy. Dave Ziegler is not going to be a guy known for big swings and big misses. Anybody has a chance to make the team. The best players who prove themselves will make the team no matter where a player was drafted before they got here. Now, look, this could change. Here's the big thing. If Dave Ziegler drafts a guy in the first round down the road and he struggles, maybe that player will be given more time to grow and mature into that position. But I'm looking at the players that came before the regime before. A lot of them aren't going to be here. A lot of them aren't going to be here in the high picks, as Vinny Bonsignor said on the morning show. These high draft picks from the previous regime are are a problem. A lot of them flamed out and didn't do well at all, which is kind of surprising. Because when you're talking about these picks, when they come out of college and they're high picks, normally they're really good players and they're going to make the team and be around here for a while. That wasn't the case with recent top draft picks. And that's a problem they have to clean up here and they're going to do that. Uh, finally, Josh McDaniels was asked if anything surprised him in that last game. No, um, you know I see him every day, so surprise is really a tough thing to to do when you're when you're with them all the time. Um, they work hard, um, they work extremely hard, and they give us everything we ask for. Um, I think the feeling in the locker room, the way that it started to develop with our leadership um, and the guys, the. the uh, the way they support one another on and off the field, uh, it's just a, it's tremendous for us to see that every day. And um, that's what we do when we come out and compete, too. So um, we're not perfect. We're far from it. Uh, but I think this group, really, the way they work um, is going to is going to we're heading in the right direction. And I feel good about the way we're working out. Yeah, they are working really hard. So I wanted to tell you, the NFL Network released the top 100 players of all time. And for the fourth time since 2011, Tom Brady was chosen by his peers as the number one player in the NFL Top 100. We'll have T.J. Reeves on, the sideline reporter for the Buccaneers, coming up here in a little bit. I didn't think Brady deserved that, and I've given all credit for Brady for being the GOAT and the greatest football player of all time. Not quarterback. Greatest football player of all time is Tom Brady. He put all arguments to rest. But how did Cooper Cup not come in at number two and Aaron Donald at number one? Cooper Cup, for the first time in 16 years, got the triple crown of wide receivers. Yards, touchdowns, and receptions. It might never happen again, so I thought that he had a chance to do it. And then Aaron Donald is clearly the best player in football, and the Raiders will see him this year. 
So for Brady, I don't know if this is a swung song or not. I don't know if the players said, hey, this is going to be the last year. It's pretty obvious Brady doesn't want to be in Tampa Bay. Brady's probably going to play his last year. Let's give him this award. Or everybody just thinks he's the GOAT and gave it to him for that. Another thing on Tom Brady that I wanted to mention is I was on the radio last night and Brady came back from his vacation and his press conference, his body language was terrible. And his face looks different. Like people are really suggesting. I mean, people are crazy. We got a bunch of knuckleheads. I've had people suggest on social media that Brady took time off to get a facelift. Like work on his face because his face looks all sunken in now and different. And it does. If you look at Brady 20 years ago, he looks chubby and out of shape compared to the Brady now. I just think it's because he follows his TB12 and he's in great shape. And then others with the mass Singer crap and people wondering why he took his time off. Well, the one thing we know for sure, he was not in a good mood and a good place when he came back. So does Tom Brady want to be in Tampa Bay? It is factually a lie for people to say he wants to be in Tampa Bay. Dana White broke the story that it was really close he was coming to Vegas. Mike Lombardi was on the Rich Eisen show earlier today and said that's a true story. Okay, John Gruden, my friend, if John Gruden at the last second got cold feet and didn't want him to keep Derek Carr, bravo. Derek's the face of this franchise. Good move. But Brady was ready to come to Vegas. He made it clear he was ready to do it. He wasn't going to say no. He was going to go to Vegas. And we know Miami's been tampering with him. And he wanted to go to Miami because that's what would be great for Giselle. His wife wants to be in Miami. She's one of the most successful supermodels of all time. Does most of her work in Miami, if not Milan, in Italy. And she wants to be there. And Brady would have loved to have been a Dolphin. Tua is not Brady. So Miami wanted to bring Brady in. Forget about Tua. That was a swing and a miss. Tua might play well this year, but he's no Tom Brady. So for Tom Brady to make it clear now and to say that, hey, Bucks, let's do this again. We can win again. Whatever. He didn't want to be a Tampa Bay Buck. And he took a lot of time off recently to kind of look back at why he came back to Tampa Bay. T.J. Reeves works for the team, so there's only so much I can ask him on that topic. He's not going to give us anything that's controversial because he works for the team. But I'll ask him about the NFL 100 and what he thought about that coming up. All right, 702-365-9200, brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had. We start giving away the Grimaldi's $50 gift cards Only to callers who have energy, who are entertaining, excited, and add to the broadcast. And you got to be local here in Vegas. So step up, Vegas, and get those $50 Grimaldi gift cards. You can get a couple of great pies and a dessert for that. The best pizza I ever had, Grimaldi's, right here in Vegas.